coming up. What an excellent day for nothing. There is nothing excellent about this. I don't like this. I don't like this minute. I don't like this day. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 39 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keaton Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Father Karras surrounded by these poor lost souls from the previous minute. And it ends with his uncle saying, who got the money for that, Dimmy? You? So yeah, I like how we start with Father Karis again, and we end very much with Son Dimi. This whole minute, and then the top of the next minute, is a complete divesting of his priestly persona, right? L- let's take a look at the top of this minute. So we're back at Bellevue, we're back in hell, and like we said, Father Karis, Father Karis the priest, is surrounded by these poor women who are reaching out to him, and At the very top of this minute, we see that he is trying to emulate Christ. He's reaching back out to them. He's holding their hands. He's trying to comfort them, trying to console. But in the end, it's just too much for Damien. It's too much. He's just a man trying to see his mother. He's not even supposed to be here as a priest. And Kenan, did you notice here that his collar, his priest collar is undone? I had to go back to our previous minute just to see, and I can't believe we missed it. We didn't comment on it before. It had been undone the entire time from the moment he set foot in the hospital. Yes, I think it's really interesting what happens with it here. Do you notice uh, when you watch the scene what happens to his collar? Wait, something happens to his something collar? Something happens to his collar, yes. I don't know what it's called, a little white band, the thing that, that pops his collar up. Yeah, yeah, the little priest collar. I mean, I, I, that's that, it's an, another thing I don't know the name of. <laughs> there must be a name for There's it. There's got to yes. be a name for it. Yes, but with the second group of women, after um, after Damien, yeah, he like breaks through for the first one. He's like, it's all simmering, and he ends up being more violent than he wants. I wouldn't necessarily call it violent, but more violent than he wants to be. Right. right? He breaks right. away. And then another group of women come up and one of them steals the white thing out of his collar. <gasps> Are you shitting me? What? I'm not, I'm not shitting you. <laughs> yeah. So the nurse is, is trying to get her off of him. And one of the things that they seem to decide together is to let her just take this white thing. And so, okay, so you don't, you don't, you didn't notice that, which is fine. No. There's a lot that's going on. No, Keenan, it's not mm-hmm. fine. I have a podcast <laughs> where we examine a movie minute by minute. We, we excavate it, we extrapolate it. <laughs> I feel so ashamed. No, no, I, no, no. It's great. I love this. It, oh I my god. Um, so she takes it, and she, and he guesses what she does with it. No, <laughs> you don't remember. She eats it. What? <laughs> She tries to, at least. She tries to eat it. Yeah. So she's kind of like a redheaded lady. And so the nurse comes up from behind her and is grabbing her and trying to get her hands off of Damien. And they're both, you know, you know, they don't don't necessarily make like an agreement, but it's like, okay, let her have that thing because I got to go over here. And the nurse is like, yeah, let's have her. And so then if you do follow her and track her, the nurse puts her down. um, And it, you know, might be one of these semi-improvised things that happens. Um, But in the the next shot where we see Damien... um, continue on to go talk to his mother uh so we um we still have um the this woman um in the next shot after we've cut uh-huh. and the nurse is putting her to bed and the woman has her, her his priest thing his uh oh it'd be good if we had vocabulary his white his white priest <laughs> collar thing uh in her mouth yeah she's trying to eat it. she's like sucking on it 
Oh my. Okay, I'm I'm going back. Hang on, hang on. I have <laughs> okay, to we're gonna pause the podcast. And Am I having a stroke? Okay. Are no, we no, in no. an alternate universe? <laughs> I know there are, there are alternate like like versions of his book, and his, now this is the version we've never seen, and I've never seen this thing. What? All right, so okay, hang on. Let's pause it for people. We're pausing people at home. Okay, okay, okay. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> she did she, Isn't that pretty crazy? Oh my god. How did I miss that? Well, because you're paying attention to what you're supposed to be paying attention to. <laughs> oh my god. Folks, I mean like everybody else, everybody else who's listening to this podcast is like, why is this guy the host? What like <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. No, no. I love that we do this and that you you point out things I've never noticed and I point out things you've noticed and then, then we get a guest on like Andy and, and Ian and they point things out. Yeah, yeah. Great. Oh my God. Uh, forgive me listeners for I've sinned. Wow. <laughs> and a little bit like, like that's a, you know, now I'm thinking of like communion and I'm thinking of like the little communion wafers and like she has her own little communion wafer thingy. Yeah, like, yeah, that might be it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And th- okay, so that like very, very intentional, right? Like now he's, now he's completely uh, divested. He has right. no more... Um, like, like even the little priest collar is gone. Right. Oh my God. That like, thank you for pointing that out. Thank you. Like, and, and like, I, you know, I, I joke about like how like unobservant I am, but like, like, you no, know, no, no. like there might be listeners out there who, who also have missed that. So like, thank you for like, this is a good thing that we, that we point that out. <laughs> yeah. And if you have anything at home, you know, tell us about it because we can't get everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Four eyes on this thing. And it, you know, <laughs> Wow. Uh, okay, so like, yeah, so he he like like it it it's been undone the entire time since the moment that you know he he set foot in the hospital, and then it's like taken away further when he's in this room, as we just saw, which begs the question: Why not just go in there with another shirt? Right? Like he, he has other shirts. He has he has other. <laughs> We've sh- seen them. <laughs> Damien, you have other shirts. Why? <laughs> Like he's, he's not coming as a priest. He's coming as a son, like in the same way that he doesn't want this hospital to know that he's a doctor. He doesn't want them to know that he's a priest or does he? Mm. And yeah, there are logical, logistical, real world reasons. Maybe he's coming straight from work. Maybe he just did a mass. Uh, he looks rushed, uh, like he dropped everything as soon as he found out his mother is in this horrible place, right? Like he's like, you should have called me the minute it happened, right? He says to his uncle. And I can actually see that scene in my mind. He's at his desk or he's, you know, and he gets the call. Uncle Titosh uh, on the other line says, you know, it's really funny. Right? <laughs> I got a, I got a good story. I hope you're sitting down. Yeah, are you sitting down? <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> and, that's, and that's when it cuts, right? <laughs> oh, Uncle Titosh. Um, oh, actually, wait, wait, wait. Uncle Titosh, I, I was watching the movie again uh, here at home. Uh, you know, it's like the family's like, let's watch this movie, right? Like, and and I'm like, so I got, this is this is my work, but like, yes, okay. <laughs> One thing, one thing, Keenan. Um, mm-hmm. when we do these, and, and I want to, I, I want to check with our uh, fellow minute by minute podcasters uh, who who also do this. Like, you watch this movie minute by minute, and you know you're you're taking notes and everything like that. You're talking about one minute of the film at a time. Like, I wonder if like when they watch it all the way through, like a normal person, like a non crazy person, like for me, this movie goes by fast <laughs> when you're watching it like that. Like, I'm yeah, like, that oh, sounds crazy. Yeah. 
I'm sure a lot of people don't want to watch the movie ever again after they <laughs> go through <laughs> and do 130 episodes of it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so uh, but I was rewatching the scene with um, where where Demi was uh, at his mom's home, and she's in her rocking chair, and he and she says, "Your uncle John passed by to see me." That's right. Yeah, not Uncle Tito, <laughs> Uncle John. But is this the is this the uncle is is Tito Uncle John? Or is this another uncle? Oh, oh, that's right. We're calling him Tito because he's not named in the in the movie. Right, 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 right. We're calling Tito is, is the, the actor's, actor's name. name, right? Right. <laughs> right. So this must be Uncle John. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. I'm just going to call him Uncle Tito. I because, prefer that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because right, he behaves like an uncle. Tito. Yeah, and the credits he doesn't have uh, any name. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uncle John Tito. Okay. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he's a real funny. <laughs> he's really funny. <laughs> I'll tell you this. <laughs> Even his IMDb uh, picture, mm-hmm. like he looks, he looks like he's just like a, a funny, funny guy. <laughs> you know, um, that's another thought experiment to like to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern this, you know, like to, um, where you take Hamlet and you, um, you look at it from the point of view of minor characters, right? Mm-hmm. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead by Timon and Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa, right? Lion King one and a half is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead for the Lion King crowd, <laughs> right? Um, like at the end of all of this, like a year later, Uncle mm-hmm. Tito's is in a bar and he's and they're like, "Oh, whatever happened to your uh, your nephew? I haven't heard about it." Oh, <laughs> have I got a funny story for you? <laughs> <laughs> His head all the way around. <laughs> He's got to reenact it with his with his uh, with his pint. <laughs> right, exactly. He sits above. <laughs> He's like, "Well, I had a nephew, but it's a funny story." I tell you. <laughs> oh, Uncle Tito! <laughs> Two dead priests. <laughs> One dead movie director. <laughs> you would not believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy okay all right oh, oh my god yeah so so you know karis karis gets a call from his uncle right and now they're at the hospital right and i i know there are like a bunch of logical reasons that he's still dressed as a priest right that was the question right before we got sidetracked with uncle mm-hmm. Tito, right it's like why like why come dressed as a priest at all right if you're not like like meaning to right and i know like like i said a bunch of logical reasons he's still in uniform and just as many, just as many logical reasons why we could have had him wearing normal clothes in the scene. And so I think this, this like halfway point between priest and regular guy is a conscious decision. He's still clothed in the church, but it's coming undone. It's unraveling. Yeah, um, love it. Yeah. But <laughs> this also begs the question. Okay. So Keenan, I, I think you and I agree that this scene, which started in the previous minute, this scene of Karis and his uncle entering the hospital, this is a scene in which our character fails, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He fails at what he has come here to do. Now, my question is, is the movie telling us that he's failing at being a priest, right? We got the collar undone. Uh, we got somebody taking the collar, right? Um, he hasn't done it yet, but he shrug- uh, uh, shrugs these people off in a very unpriestly, unchristian way, right? Like you even called it violent, right? And I would agree with that. Um, or is the movie showing his failure as a son, right? He's coming in here to get his mother out because that's how it ends. That's how the heartbreaking climax of this scene is with him as a son, not as a huh, father. So again, why have the priest collar there at all, especially if you're going to go to the trouble to show us that it's unbuttoned, 
That's a statement about his faith being unbuttoned. So this must be a commentary on both, right? This is a failed rescue mission, a failed harrowing of hell, but it's also a failed reconciliation between mother and son. And so now I'm wondering, okay, if it's both, is this causation or correlation? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> and just in case our listeners are, are unfamiliar with those terms, right? Causation, correlation. I mean, I was unfamiliar with them until like recently. Uh, a good example uh, they use in my science classes at the school that I teach is like, hey, you ever notice that ice cream sales spike during July and also there's a rise in cases of sunburns? So if you were going the causation route, you would say one of these things causes the other. You'd say ice cream causes sunburn. Don't eat ice cream, right? You know, I did my research. Look at the data. It's very clear that whenever ice cream is sold in large numbers, lots of people end up with sunburns. So sunburns are a direct result of eating ice cream. cream. Yeah. Uh, The one that I like is um, over time, like from the from the 90s on or whatever, it's like uh, divorce rates rise at the same level as um, people use Internet Explorer. So Microsoft's Internet Explorer (laughs) is the cause of your parents breaking up. Wow. (laughs) Microsoft Internet Explorer, right? Breaking homes since. (laughs) Take your time, Internet Explorer. Take your time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And of course, okay, of course, that's wrong. That's silly. That this is actually a result of correlation right? Co-relation. These things are happening at the same time, right? So because it's summer, because it's hot, people are, are buying a lot of ice cream and people are also coincidentally getting sunburn, right? But one right. is not the cause of the other. So right? as time goes on, people use more Internet Explorer because it gets bundled into more operating systems and your parents got divorced because you weren't a very good child. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. You heard it here, folks. No. <laughs> 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 no, of course that's not true. That's not true. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. For um, everybody out there? For that uh, well, can't be true. <laughs> I can't I cannot speak for everybody. You're right. <laughs> but for the vast majority Most of you, sure, sure. You're putting me in the hot seat here, Keenan. <laughs> uh okay. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, like like so this is the, you know, causation for versus correlation, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we got this double failure by Karis here, failure as a priest and failure as a regular guy, failure as a father, failure as a son, right? So, is Friedkin saying his crisis of faith is causing his crisis with his mom or is he saying there's a deeper problem that's causing both? Like they're both related to this other problem that he has. It's manifesting in both of these ways. These are symptoms of the fundamental problem of Dimi, right? So we got the problem of evil and now we got the problem of Dimi, right? How do you solve a problem like Dimi? <laughs> right. Oh, that's a hard name to rhyme. Yeah, right. <laughs> um that's a really interesting question, Lester. And I wonder, like, like I think it's one of those, you know, well-constructed movie that doesn't necessarily answer all these questions for you. Mm. Like both of those, both of those paths are, are strong paths for you to yes. think of the movie that way. Um, so does Damien, is Damien's lack of whateverness mm-hmm. causing both his failures as a child and, and um, a priest? That's really interesting. Um, or is he a, you know, is he doing poorly as a priest because he's seeing his personal life despairing in his personal life? Right. Um, or, right, is he doing so poorly as a son partially because he's doing so poorly at work, right? Mm-hmm, right. And having it's this all, crisis of faith, yeah. Yeah, like this is this is something you can, you can like, um, examine, <laughs> extrapolate, <laughs> extrapolate and excavate. Yeah. But you can write term papers on it. Um, yeah. And they, they, they're, uh, you know, there's evidence for all of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. I mean, we were talking like even before, right? People uh, like... There, there must be a reason that we see his, um, his life 
with his mother and his relation with his mother, um, you know, so early on. And we see like, you know, the, the conditions that she has to live in and all this mm-hmm. stuff, right? And even you go into her house and there's all this religious uh, paraphernalia, right? There's the crucifix, there's all the pictures and, and like the shrine to Mary, like we remember. And what that must be kind of playing upon Damien's psyche is that like, this is, this is the calling that I have uh, answered. Like I am, I am, you know, serving the church, but look at how the church is treating my mother. Like, mm-hmm. look at, like, isn't this supposed to be like, uh, like, am, so I'm supposed to, you know, follow this God and believe in this God. Right. Mm-hmm. So you could say it's like, this is a chicken and egg thing. Like, like, okay. Like seeing how it's like, I, I answered the call to the priesthood and yet my mom is, is suffering. So like that, that makes him feel a certain way about the priesthood, but then also it like it could be uh, the other way, the 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 other thing first, right? Like, um, right. yeah, there's this there's this um, there's this tension uh, for Dimi and for any priest who has a family of any mm-hmm. kind, right? Like, yes, um, honor your mother and, and father, right? Right. Jesus Jesus um, says that you can undo a lot of the rules of the Old Testament, but to keep the Ten Commandments, right, mm, close mm, to you. Mm, yeah. Um, so honor your honor your father and mother, um, mm. but at the same time, as you know, or you know, it's not often quoted because it's it's a, it's one of the harder parts of the New Testament for us to deal with. Mm-hmm. But that Jesus said that he was here to bring a war between child and, and parent. Oh, I'm unfamiliar with that. I- oh God, well I better double check that that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is the episode, folks. This is the episode where we lose all integrity. (laughs) I missed I missed the priest caller thing. (laughs) We will okay. Well, it is it is our responsibility to go and check that out. Um, Well, and we will uh... have an answer for you guys. (laughs) But no, okay. But but uh, but this is also this is also valid because this is this is something that. I mean, you have you have experienced that information in some way, right? So, like, whether it be whether it be uh, uh, correct or not, like, this is. I mean, th- this must be kind of like the message that a lot of people are getting. So, like, yeah, expand. Well, on that. that's like, what what's... that's what Jesus said. <laughs> okay, okay, so I'm finding it here. Yes, that okay. he's that he's here to um, he's here to bring a war between um, father and son, mother and daughter. Um, he's he's going to like he is going to undo everything that is done and to to bring about a new a new way. Um, Interesting. Yes, 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 yes. Now, I'm not a religious advisor. Don't take any of my, Neither of my advice there. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, da, 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 da. Hold on. I need, to, I need to look. Hold on a minute. Okay, so <laughs> Let me look. More elevator Let music me here. Put this into context. I'm sir. so excited to find elevator music. <laughs> what an excellent day for elevator music. Uh, oh, I've gone too far. Bible.com. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm back. I've been okay. to Bible.com. <laughs> This was this was truly a harrowing experience. <laughs> this is Matthew 10. Okay. So here I'm at Matthew 10, 34. Okay. Don't this is Jesus speaking, not okay. me. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is your Lord and Savior, Lester. <laughs> this okay. isn't me. Okay, okay. so right. at the same time well, as he says I have says, a question about that. But <laughs> at the same time as he says to keep the Ten Commandments, honor yes. honor your mother and father. Mm-hmm. He also says 
Don't think I've come to make life cozy. I've come to cut, make a sharp cut, cut between son and father, daughter and mother, bride and mother-in-law, cut through these cozy domestic arrangements and free you for God. Well-meaning family members can be your worst enemy. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. Interesting. Yeah, wait, man. <laughs> used, wait, 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 wait. This, this reading uses the word cozy? Well, this is the this is the Bible.com. Okay, okay. You want me to pull okay. up the King James? No, 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 no. No, they, they, there's there's just as many inaccuracies in the King James as well. The cozy, like, hey, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Jesus. <laughs> Matthew, what, what, what was it? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Where am I? <laughs> uh, Matthew 10. Matthew 10. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Um, no. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? I, I like, I have, I have, you know, opinions about like when I, when I read, uh, you know, certain, um, things in the Bible that, um, uh, you know, seem, uh, negative or they seem to kind of, um, ostracize or, or put down or subjugate or, or, um, you know, other, uh, certain like groups of people or, or certain values that you look at and you're like, no, that's a, that's a, that's a, um, just like, like an inherently good thing, right? Like love mm-hmm. between mother and son, uh, you know, uh, mother and father, uh, uh, you know, uh, mother, father and daughter, all that, you know, like that. Um, and I always wonder when we come across these, uh, you know, less, um, you know, kind or, or <laughs> uh, empathetic, uh, parts of the Bible. I, that's when I kind of questioned, I was like, okay, when was that added by whom? And like, what was the agenda of that person when they added it? Because again, folks like, we talk about like a 2000 year old game of telephone called the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have 2000 years and people are, are like adding things to it. They're erasing things from it. They are, um, uh, uh, highlighting certain things that, uh, probably sh- like like the the writers the you know the first writers like weren't even giving like a second thought to you know mm-hmm. like the thing with the fig tree and all that stuff it's like and and you were talking about like keenan like people's uh bandwidth right depending on your bandwidth like like what yes of, what weight do you give the story about jesus saying um you know uh this is bad and you know you shall not do this or whatever versus the one where like he helps somebody that nobody was helping Right. Yeah. Uh, saving the adulteress from uh, being stoned mm-hmm. um, and cursing the fig tree for not giving him fig fruit. Right. Is, is about the same amount of, of page time in the Bible. Yeah. Right. But, but how can you own those both in your heart at the same um, the same bandwidth? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it could be uh, like depending on like the the household that you were brought up in and the values that you were um kind of uh, uh, given you know growing up and i think it, like this sounds this sounds like such a cop out but it, <laughs> i think it is uh at the same time it's it's a matter of just kind of like going with your gut and being like that doesn't sound right and like I I'm saying that right now, folks, I mean, like, you know, other religious people might not agree with me, but like you can certainly, and I have certainly like looked at parts of the Bible and said, I don't agree with that. And yeah, I, I agree. I agree with this other thing. Like I agree with, like, I always do like the litmus test of like, um, you know, uh, love everyone and treat everyone as you would want to be treated. Okay. Does this other part of the Bible jive with that? No. Well then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tossing it out. Um, yeah. Um, if you weren't, if you aren't Catholic or weren't raised Catholic, you might not know this term, but the term of ca- cafeteria Catholic. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Is you that don't know that term either. <laughs> well, I, I have a friend, and I'm like, "Oh, you're Catholic." And she's like, "I don't know if I identify that way." Now, but certainly, if I am, I'm a I'm a cafeteria Catholic. Yeah, you I go down the term. line, and you and you pick this, and you leave that, and you pick the other thing. And hey, you get well, extra servings of this. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, 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 to to argue for that, I mean, mm-hmm. some of that food in that line is a uh, kind of rotten. So. <laughs> You know, they should have changed it out when, uh, you know, when they were swapping out the trays. I'm just saying. <laughs> but okay, so if I can get back to Karis here, yes, so sorry yes. to make that big detour, yeah. but right. Oh, so. oh and, and just oh. just an extra oh. little thing. So, I mean, again, th- this is, this is like, we're learning so much about history. We're learning so much about language. There's so much stuff that we, we are discovering even now about the Bible, like mistranslations and, and, you know, things that were taken out, put back in, blah, blah, blah. Like we talked about like with um, Moses and the horns, right? right. Mm-hmm. Or, or just like the idea of, of hell being like, uh, like an actual place a versus place. like a state of mind and, you know, like all of this stuff. And we're going to go into like, I think later I'm going to talk about like, we have like names of demons, which actually like, if you, if you like translate, 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 translate back to its original thing could, could just be like um, depression. Or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Like, so again, like, uh, like we gotta we gotta look deeply into these things, you know, and figure out. It's like, you know, it's it's all like interpretation is a full time job, is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. Well, you know, uh, this this segment here, and I looked up the King James, so this is what it says in the King James. <laughs> oh boy. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Wow, that's Jesus. Um, you know who who does like this uh, this passage very much. I said that you know people don't talk about it very much because it's it's um, um, you know troublesome or inconvenient or doesn't quite um, jive with with their favorite parts of the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. But who does like it a lot were Italian communists. Hmm. So there were um, there was a I think the best movie about Jesus is one from an Italian communist anarchist homosexual <laughs> called uh, Pier Paolo Pasolini. You might have seen his Salo. Um, Mm. Uh, movie, uh, which is this really disgusting movie where people are, it's like an adaptation of um, the 120 days of Sodom, oh, um, but, okay. but set in like fascist times in Italy and like, oh. like using the fascists as a stand in for, um, for those terrible people. Uh, right, so anyways, right. um, you know, he made a movie called the gospel according to St. Matthew, and he highlights this part. He loves this part um, mm. because that, that jives with the political messaging of communism, right? Mm. That the, that the, it's not, as important to love your mother and love people that you are supposed to love according to the old society, you're supposed to love everybody equally. Interesting. Which, you know, a way that's a way of interpreting what Jesus is saying here. So yeah. how oh, can and, care? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, like, and I completely, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm hanging on this thing. Um, but uh, like when you first read that, that also made me wonder, it's like, well, um, I mean, I wonder if you could like also take it like another way is that, I mean, cause, cause you know, Keenan, like when, and everybody knows, I, I suppose, like we just we just got done with like a string of uh, holidays where everybody gets together mm-hmm. around a table and they, you know, they're eating and they're talking and, you know, politics and religion are going to come up and loyalties are going to be, you know, lines are going to be drawn in the sand and people are going to stand on one side or another. And it, like it, I when you first read that, I kind of interpreted it as that it was like, you know, there are like. You might have, you know, differing opinions about um, the interpretation of the Bible than your mother or your father or your, you know, um, <laughs> your Republican uncle or mm-hmm. uh, your um, or your vegan Uncle Tito's right? or your vegan cousin. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Tito's, Uncle yeah. Tito's loves it. He thinks all of it's really funny. Um, <laughs> but it's like so. And I and I wonder if if 
if you could interpret it that way, you know, as Jesus saying, it's like, hey, you know, just so you know, um, you know, the stuff that I'm talking about is is going to be really, really divisive uh, now and forever. Like people are always going to be arguing about uh, <laughs> how to interpret what I say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might it might cause a rift between, uh, you know, family members and things like that. Like I, I could just as easily see him like saying that as kind of like a warning. It's like, Hey, you know, like, uh, you know, I came here to, to preach peace, but, uh, also like, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of people mad and arguing and, and, uh, (laughs) maybe like, if we're not careful, like some families are going to, are going to be torn asunder by this. Yeah. I don't know, Lester. He says that's his job. (laughs) I mean, so (laughs) interpret it how you want. He says, I am not here to send peace. But again, this is, this is in one of the gospels and not all the gospels, which is a whole other can of worms. And again, none of the, none of the gospel writers were there Mm -hmm. when, you know, when that was going on. So, you know, it's all he said, she said, he with a capital H, right? (laughs) It's all he said, she said. Yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, you know, we, we as a lay lady, (laughs) like this is the kind of conversation that we're having. But again, imagine, this man who is both the psychiatrist and mm-hmm. a priest and mm-hmm. a son and mm-hmm. what he has to think about is he's going there yeah yeah and he seems to, yeah as you say he starts off in the in the beginning of the scene sort of halfway through i really like that a lot halfway between priest and not priest mm-hmm. and by the end of it he's just son right mm-hmm. he's completely stripped he is he is like like down down to the rawest um, you know, most uh, like tender version of a son that you could be. Yeah, and kind of already in his mourning clothes, right? If he's if he takes oh off his um, if he takes off the white part, right, and some some lady eats it, <laughs> and it looks like he's at at the funeral, right? Oh my god! Now it's yeah, he's all dressed in black. Oh my yeah. god! Oh jeez. Uh, but yeah, okay. So let's get back to Karis, uh, surrounded by these women, trying to be priest-like, trying to be Christ-like. But in the end, it's just too much. He shakes them off very violently. He's he's had it. He's done. And folks, that mask is back. That mask goes back up, right? Remember that mask? Um, you know, as he was uh, going to uh, see his mother uh, on that New York street, right? And as he was walking out of the apartment, right? That mask, that same mask, you know, of not letting emotion in is, uh, or or maybe perhaps out is back up, right? Um, as he passes even more women, even more lost souls, he is trying so hard not to look at them, not to see them as he continues that long walk to his mother's bed. Um, the first of a series of long walks to beds that this character is going to take, mm-hmm. um, we get another wide shot just as he stops in front of his mother's bed, and he is now very small, all the way at the other end of this room. In the foreground, we can see these women, and it seems like they're, you know, they're back to uh, being shades of their former selves. Although you can see um, uh, in the bottom right of the screen, it looks like one of them is still praying with hands clasped, as if perhaps uh, the passing of this holy man is still felt on some level. Uh, And the fact that he didn't stop but passed them over, right? Like maybe that is what um, these people are feeling. And then I, I like it how how much he stands out with his black clothes, right? Everyone else mm. is in these whites, these hospital whites, or maybe a light blue, as if they're trying to give them some kind of dignity with some, mm-hmm. you know, non-hospital clothes. But he stands out like a, like a sore thumb. Yes, yes, very, very sore thumb. Um, from here, we cut to Demi's face, and boy, that mask didn't stay on for long. It's all the way gone now, folks. This shot right here is the most raw we have ever seen Demi. And I keep wanting to call him Demi here because that, that is very much what he has been reduced to here. He is a child again. He is a lost child looking for his mama. And he calls her mama at, at, at like in the emotion behind that word when he speaks. 
<sighs> Mama, it's Dimi. Mama. Yeah, he, he. I like that you say he's a child. I mean, even when you just look at the lighting of it, uh, he he. They make him look younger, right? I mean, yeah. where where a light is in relation to an actor's face can do all sorts of really interesting work. We talked that about that briefly mm-hmm. with like German expressionism and how that influenced horror lighting. You know, where mm-hmm. the the brightest light is the key light. Um, and here he looks so much younger and less hard. Like he mm-hmm. looks less like a boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the way that we put this light in this this prettifying way across um across the other side of the camera from him. Just all the soft edges, like yeah. right, yeah, yeah. And he's a little bit moist, I guess. You know, yeah, he looks yeah. like a young, looks like a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right. And at the sound of her son's voice, Mary Karis awakes. And I don't care what anybody says. You tell me that Vasiliki Maliaros is not an actor. You tell me she's never done anything before or since. I don't care. Because the look she gives her son and the small, helpless way she says, Dimi, is enough to completely shatter me. That is a look that could melt stone. And then she says, why you did this to me, Dimi? Why? No, 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 no. Ah. I hate this, Keenan. I hate this. Keenan, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this anymore. We got to stop. Let's, let's stop. Let's close this show. Let's shut it down. We can do another movie, any movie. Yeah, Keenan, yeah. Keenan, why you do this to me? We'll su- <laughs> all right, all right. Let's switch. We'll switch to um, Lion King one and a half. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone's done it. There we go. <laughs> it's all laughs. All, yep. all warthog fart jokes mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Get some Nathan Lane in there. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. If Nathan Lane was was uh, was playing Father Karras, Mama, <laughs> Mama, what's Mama. the matter with you? <laughs> It's Dammy Mama. Oh, you needed some music, <laughs> some show lights. Uh, uh, I, I, I feel bad for for making light of this uh, thing, but, oh, but yeah, folks, this is, yeah. this is yeah, this is this is this is for my survival, folks. Okay, so this is this is so I can keep doing this because, good God, this scene, Jesus, before, more than anything, more than anything, guys, mm-hmm. th- this this scene right here, th- like it, it's. Ah, it's hard, right? Um, And it reminds me, um, I think this is in the book. It's not in the movie, but Kinderman actually says something to like to this point. He says, uh, because like he's going and he's he's, um, talking to Chris and they're doing the whole investigation, which we'll see later. But um, he makes a little joke. He makes a little joke. He makes a little smalty, smalty joke. And, And he's like, I apologize, you know, but, you know, every now and then a laugh just to keep us from crying. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we need that. We need that. And we need that right now. Oh, my God. So it's a, a laugh to keep us from crying. Hmm. It lesser. Is that your motto? You know what, Keenan? I would say it's my problem-free philosophy. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, but um, you know, as we as we learn in that movie too, you know, sometimes we gotta we gotta deal with these heavy feelings and these heavy scenes, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. so yeah, so. She says, "Why you, why you, uh, 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 why you did this to me?" And it's it's not even the right line. <laughs> the line we keep repeating is, "Why you do this to me?" But she says, "Why you did this to me?" Which is so much worse, and I don't know why. Oh, I don't know why either. Yeah, we we, we used to say that to each other for a while. We'd say, mm-hmm. "Oh, Lester, why you do this to me?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that's so much worse. You know what? And it might just be me, but. <sighs> Later in the movie, oh no, no, later in the book, Karis goes back to her home and he's looking through her belongings and there's like a, a, an English grammar book 
Mm-hmm. And he opens it and it's like a, it's like a workbook. So you write in it and he sees some of his mother's writing. And like the first, it's like, uh, the first lesson is like my complete address. And then the second lesson is like an attempt at like a letter that she tried to write him. And it just says, Dimi, I've been waiting. And then it, you know, it, it, it never finishes. So she, mm-hmm. she's learning English and she's trying to communicate with her son right. and she started this letter and it never finished and he doesn't find it until later. And so, I don't know, maybe, maybe that extra little bit of information is like, like she says, why you did this to me in mm-hmm. this bed. And I'm just like, oh my God, she's like, she's trying so hard to be like grammatically correct when she's yeah. like speaking this, like she's opening her heart to her son. Right. Oh. <laughs> you know, when, um, when Brokeback Mountain came out, it, it sort of, it had a catchphrase, uh, you know, surprisingly it had a catchphrase. That's a very serious movie. Right. Um, but, pe- but people all around w- would say, um, I wish I could quit you. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, uh, in, in one of my classes, my teacher said, I wish I could quit you, you know, being like, like, <laughs> Oh, he had been too, too nice to one of the students. So he's, oh, I wish I could quit you. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. said, you know, actually it's, I wish I knew how to quit you. And my teacher said, Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> 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 well there we go right, right. <laughs> so yeah um so from there we cut back to dimi and again keenan it's it's like we were talking about in previous minutes we're just looking at his face mm-hmm. it's very still he doesn't say anything but we see so much hurt so much devastation his heart has just sunk all the way down to his feet in this moment he is broken this is the confirmation that he was dreading, right? Talking about Catholics, right? Mm -hmm. This is the confirmation that he was dreading. Forget being an unworthy priest. Forget being judged or condemned by God. If Christ were standing there and he said to Karis, why have you done this, right? It would not sting half as much. This is his mother, his mama. And she basically said, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. And how, how do you go back to God after that? How can you live with yourself after that? This would this would break anybody. This is a person breaking moment. And the worst part, Kanan, the worst part, she's not pointing a finger at him, condemning him. She's not saying, How dare you do this to me for shame? She is pleading. She is genuinely confused. She doesn't understand. Her question is not a rhetorical. It's not like, how could you? How could you do this? It's like, why? I don't understand. I'm so happy whenever I see you. Keenan, you remember that when we first meet her, how happy she was that her son had come to see her. <sighs> oh my God, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, that first one, that first time we see her, there's that great transition that the actor does again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's going from sleep to waking up and, and you know, that she's going through all of that, of being confused. Where am I? What time is it? So seeing Demi doesn't matter. And so here in her last... Um, her last living scene this actor has right it's again like we are like waking up confused where am i and then remembering and it's the opposite reaction right so it's all this pain yeah oh god (sighs) okay but yeah so karis rallies he moves in he tries to tell her everything's going to be all right he reaches out and to me it's this like sad irony that his attempt to comfort his attempt to console this this is what a priest does this is what Christ does. It's a laying of hands. It's an attempt to heal and it's rejected. Mm-hmm. And by and not by just anybody, by his own mother. All right. I don't want to complicate anybody's faiths again, but mm-hmm. the Bible does say <laughs> in at least one of the gospels, perhaps two of them, I don't remember, mm-hmm. that, um, that, you know, uh, well, while Jesus is going to be crucified, his mother, Mary, comes to him 
and uh, tries to reach out to him, and she and he says that you're not my mother. Mm, mm. I don't know yeah. what you do. Put that in your your Christian yeah. pipe and smoke it. <laughs> How do you explain that? Right. Uh, and obviously, like people, theologians have have worked on that because that's a that's right. a major moment. Um, yeah. But actually, so I mean, like I remember you mentioned that mm-hmm. that uh, uh, previously, Keenan, and I looked it up. I tried to look mm-hmm. at um, and and I couldn't find oh, that. Oh God! Exact. Well, I, I will look it up now. Jeez, you're gonna pause again. <laughs> Hold God. on. Biblehub.com. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. You cut this out. Maybe on okay. break, I'll be able to find something yeah. and look at what the hell I'm talking about. Maybe I'm misremembering from a movie, which is very mm. possible. Could be. Could be. Right? I've read the Gospels, I swear. <laughs> and like, I, again, like, even, even if it is there, I'm, I'm wondering, again, it's like, when I see stuff like this in the Bible where they're like, see, Jesus said to this person, you know, F off. Well, that <laughs> means that, you know, it, like I, I always wonder, it's like, was that like the church just like putting words in his mouth? Was that, you know, like because they wanted they had an agenda. They were like, it's like, oh, yeah, Jesus rejected his mother because, hey, you know, uh, we the church is more important than your family. Uh, you got to You got to, you know, be with us. Well, you know? all right. Well, here's Jesus saying exactly what you just said. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> So this is Mark three. Okay. Uh, a crowd was sitting, uh, you know, this, I don't know which translation this is. And the mm. crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of God. He is my brother and sister and mother. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Well, well, well. And that is in Mark, Matthew, and Luke. Wow. Okay. All three of them. Wow. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) This calls for some some introspection here (laughs) after after the recording. (laughs) Oh, boy. You know, it's funny. You know, it's really funny. It's really funny. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, Jesus, he said something really funny. (laughs) Oh, God. Uncle Tito says Pontius Pilate. (laughs) That'd be great. Have you seen Bowie as Pontius Pilate? No, I haven't. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I really, really like... Scorsese's um, um, Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, Bowie. Last Temptation. Okay. God, I got to... All my credibility is is just like falling away. (laughs) I have to watch that movie. Uh, um, I, I really like the um, the first uh, Pontius Pilate, uh, the original cast of uh, Superstar. Mm-hmm. He's he's really cool, and he's in The Shining. Oh, oh, is that right? He, yeah, he he plays a small part. Um, I think I think he plays Watson. I might be wrong about that, but he is he is definitely in that in that movie. Yeah, I like his uh, his interpretation. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Herod is always fun in that. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe Tito's would be Herod. <laughs> um, Pilate in uh, you know you know Bowie is great as Pilate in. Um, the Last Nation of Christ, the Scorsese one, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, um, Life of Brian's Pontius Pilate is the is the best. Oh yes, right when he says Roman, it sounds like woman. It's Wome, the ambassador right. of Wome. <laughs> All right, well, we have done a lot of research live in episode, yes, which we normally don't do. Mm-hmm. So where the hell are we? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, aren't you aren't like aren't you happy for that, folks? Like you got to you got to come with us on that journey. Whew. Boy, oh boy, um, we're in we're in one of Dante's circles right now. I don't know. Um, yeah, okay. So I wish I knew what Karis 
Karis's mother was saying here, right? Mm. I looked all over to see if there were any like scripts or translations, right? Because she's speaking in Greek, and every script that I look at, every um, you know, like a, a website that I look at, it just it says she's speaking in Greek, mm. and I couldn't find anything. Actually, I'm kind kind of glad I don't understand what she's saying um, uh, yeah. because like that that one little thing in that like kind of like half correct english you know broke me into pieces um so if i could hear like what else she was saying that would that would probably not be good <laughs> um but yeah if anyone speaks greek um and knows what she is saying here please or uh, you know write us in you know the the exorcist minute at gmail.com and let us know yeah they might have um, just let her say whatever she wanted to say yeah, right. yeah that's what i'm thinking he doesn't know greek probably Right, right. So just improvising there a little bit. Um, yeah, and I want to, I want to, I want to hear uh, Mrs. Maliaros's um, like contribution to this movie. Um, yeah, I have a teacher who um, is Japanese American but doesn't speak Japanese, and she she wrote um, Letters from Iwo Jima, the um, the Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, oh, whoa, okay. Yeah, and so she doesn't. It, that that's like the the Battle of Iwo Jima from the point of view of the Japanese soldiers. Right. right, right. So she doesn't speak Japanese. Paul Haggis, the producer, doesn't speak Japanese. Clint Eastwood doesn't speak Japanese. So they mm-hmm. wrote it in English, and then Haggis and Eastwood approved it, and they went there, and then they like had the Japanese actors. They're like, you know, all the all of course, all the actors they had spoke English and Japanese. Right. So they're like, here's the script, and like, like just speak Japanese. And mm-hmm. um, it was like, well, should we get someone who's interpreting? Like, nah, just trust these people. You know, oh, just okay. totally trust them. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I believe that like um, Ken Watanabe, who plays the lead, was mm-hmm. sort of the um, if I remember the story right, sort of the liaison for like, oh, you know, translating properly and just double checking everything. But yeah, the director, producer, writer. Um, don't speak it enough to know what they're saying in real life. Mm. In reality, <laughs> interesting. Well, now I want to go and see that movie because, like, yeah, really I mean, yeah, I'll I'll understand it and I'll be able to see if it's like because you know you can do a word for, like I think we talked about it in this show like you can do a word for word translation that's not going to have the same um like impact or underlying tone or or you know like even cultural um you know connections right uh you know it, somebody might communicate some something um in a completely different way um like my, my favorite is um the way to say uh you know um uh how are you or one of the ways to say how are you in uh in mandarin chinese is just uh have you eaten yet uh, oh that's nice i like that yeah you know mm-hmm. and it's just like that's a that's a that's a cultural thing right mm-hmm. and so if you try to translate that word for word like us walking around in the united states being like have you eaten yet have you eaten yet like it gets it gets some of the message across it's mm-hmm. like i care about you i want you to you know like be you know well fed and and cared for but it's different from like how are you right, right. Mm-hmm. or in um I don't speak Chinese, so you have to, uh, but I've heard this from other friends of ours that like in the translation for a lot of Chinese films where they like talk to noblemen, right? It's about a lot of Chinese films are about commoners and then their interactions with noble people and, and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the lords and, and the emperor. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So like in English, we'll translate that into the subtitles as that when they're talking to the the noble people, it's a little bit more like how we, we you know, we would have it like, oh, sir, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm lowering myself in my language in order to to um, elevate you, but in Chinese it doesn't quite work the same way. Right, right. Yeah. It's a little bit more subtle. It's a little bit more like baked into the language. And, right. and it, like as a result of that, you have like when they're doing like the stereotypical, um, I'm thinking like uh, Japanese as well. They'll, you know, when a, uh, when they do a, a stereotype of a Japanese person speaking English, they'll mm-hmm. be like honorable this and honorable right. that. <laughs> and that's not a direct translation. It's like there is, there is a, a slight kind of like, add on mm-hmm. when you're speaking to somebody like uh, of of like a higher status uh, that doesn't have an english equivalent right right 
And so, but we're like, oh, well, how do we get the message across that he's like honoring this person? You just, you just slam in the whole word honorable, Mm -hmm. which sounds so clunky and so, you know, ridiculous. And then, and then we internalize that as like, oh boy, you know, Japanese people must sound really ridiculous. No, they don't. (laughs) Like it, it's, it's a thing that works in their language that doesn't work in ours, right? right? It sounds great over there. It sounds natural and, and, you know, beautiful, but over here, we try to do the, you know, the equivalent and it just, are they saying honorable toilet and honorable sake? No, not, not really. No. Um, they're just adding like a, like an extra little syllable. Right. But yeah, anyway, so yeah. So Greek, 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 Greek. Um, we got, uh, we got, uh, Mary Karis saying stuff that I'm, yeah, I'm actually kind of glad that I don't know what it is. (laughs) Probably heartbreaking. Um, Probably heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, uh, we cut then to a brief scene outside. Um, we don't know where, but I'm assuming it's I'm assuming it's outside the hospital. Although from the noise, I almost thought it was like by the train tracks or something. Mm. Like I say noise, but this is actually a, a piece called uh, Trenodi, uh, Night of the Electric Insects by uh, by George Crumb's uh, uh, like uh, piece Black Angels. And so once again, this seems to be a piece already existing, a, a piece of already existing music we have here and it sounds again like uh penderecki's uh polymorphia mm-hmm. with these like shrieking strings over here like i i think there was another minute where i thought this was polymorphia but it turned out to be another thing like Friedkin really likes these shrieking strings this is like like if spiders laugh this is what i imagine it sounds like <laughs> yeah i looked up george crumb a little bit so mm. uh this piece and i did let this um whole idea of black angels is a vietnam piece so he said that explicitly. That's what Black Angels is about, is about the Vietnam War. And then some people have taken that the, the Night of Electric Insects is about attack helicopters. Um, oh. So that's sort of what we have here. But of course, he's using that metaphor in the naming of it. So you're probably mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So he's using that name in the meta, you know, in, he's using that metaphor in the name of it. So of course, you can you can extrapolate it anywhere. Um, so I was asking my boyfriend, who's a music person. Mm. He's a piano technician about George Crumb. Do you know George Crumb? And he's like, oh, yeah, I know George Crumb. <laughs> and so he's a piano tuner and he maintains pianos. He rebuilds pianos. Um, mm. And George Crumb apparently is someone that um, there are pieces that involve people like going into the into the mechanics of the piano and like adjusting the piano. Um, oh. So George Crumb makes his life uh, you know, a hell. To someone has to fix from that. So he tries to discourage people from playing these pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, and this wasn't George Crumb, but we, I, he once took me to a, um, a recital at a church that he, um, he was the piano technician for. And this mm. guy came up and he had, he had the lid of the piano open and was plucking the strings with his hands. And, you know, and then my boyfriend was sitting next he's like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, Oh, the crowd. Wow. It didn't, it didn't sound particularly good or interesting, but mm. like, it is just this shocking thing to see somebody play the piano the wrong way. And, and it's then, almost blasphemy. Yeah. And then he had to like talk to the people afterwards and be like, well, we have to immediately do a bunch of repairs to this piano. Like, yeah. like your, your, uh, your skin oils aren't supposed to get on to these pieces of the piano <laughs> you know, that, of course, a, a composer isn't thinking of. So that's the kind of thing we have with George Crumb. And this um, Thernody is something like an elegy or a lament. Oof, but yeah. again, another great piece of music that um, we might yeah. think is the score for The Exorcist and, and isn't, right? It's pre-existing music. What have we like? I and and I don't mean for this to come off as like, um, I, I guess offensive or anything like that. But like, have we heard yet? Um, some stuff from. I I have had trouble. I can't recall. Mm. <laughs> yeah, all, all the famous stuff that we respond to as existing music so far. Yeah. Um, and we do apologize, folks. Sometimes, sometimes it is hard to be. It's like, what episode did we say this thing? And, oh, and like, we're, we're, yeah, together. We're, we did yeah. talk about the composer Jack Nietzsche and how important yes, we he did. is. Um, but you know, 
but I'm not quite sure where that where that music is yet. But he was a major mm. person in terms of like creating the wall of sound um, um, with um, uh, Phil Spector. You know, he was right. a major music engineer and composer. So he's done some work here. We'll find it one of these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're setting up a lot of homework for ourselves. <laughs> <in this one. laughs> oh boy. Um, but yeah. So. Um, our minute ends here with Damien asking, couldn't you put her someplace else? To which Uncle Tidosh replies, like what? Private hospital? Who got the money for that, Damien? You? Mm. Right? That's from the book. Um, and again, we end his line and this minute on Demi's face as he takes this in, right? Even though it's Uncle Tidosh speaking, we're looking at um, how this is affecting Damien. And that music, that noise builds. Uh, and that's where we got to cut it. But yeah, Keenan, that is everything I have for this minute. You got anything else? Uh, just if anyone is watching at home, you know, with the with the film and can play it again, like compare the the close up of Demi with his mother, where he looks so young because of what the lighting is doing to him, and then here mm-hmm. where he's with um <laughs> with his uncle, where oh he God. looks so much older and so yeah. much um, yeah, just broken. He has, he has been through the gauntlet, Uh, but yeah. Oh, and, and yes, folks, we now have a listener group, uh, for the show on Facebook. It's called compelling conversations and exorcist minute listener group. Uh, it's a private group, but just a request to join and we'll let you in. And then you can be in here with us. Uh, and you can talk about the movie, uh, interact with us and fellow fans, post questions, polls, memes, um, you know, all that stuff. And of course, as always, if you'd like to leave us a message, our email is the exorcist minute at gmail.com. All one word and we'll be sure to read it. Lastly, if you like the show and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do for our new podcast that's just starting out is to leave a little five-star review and that'll help other people find us. Um, We'll show up uh, more easily when we do the searches and we can keep growing this cool community. Uh, Yeah, so that is is it. Um, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the the power power of Nathan Nathan Lane compels you. A laugh just to keep us from crying. Yeah. Is that is that your motto? That is, well, you know what? I'm I'm clinging to it right now in this Lester, scene. Lester, Lester, Lester. Is that your yes. motto? Is that my motto? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. <laughs> I don't know what All you're right, getting well, at. we got to do Lion King one and a half. He says, oh, okay. he says, that's our motto. Akuna Matata, that's our motto. Oh, damn. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to okay. set you up here. Yeah. Uh, let's do that again. Uh, <laughs> So it's a a laugh to keep us from crying. Hmm. Lesser, is that your motto? You know what, Keenan? I would say it's my problem-free philosophy. (laughs)